the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the Spot Track Podcast, our first edition for 2019. My name is Paul Peck. I'm from buffalosportspage.com, along with the creator, founder, and guru of spottrack.com, Mike Gennetti. Our regular third wheel, Kevin Sylvester, is on assignment for this week. So, Mike, you and I will carry things along here. And this is going to be a good one today because the end of the football season always means a lot of maneuvering, a lot of early early thinking towards the offseason, but it also allows you the opportunity to reflect back and look back at a full season's worth of performances, both team-wise and individual, and how they sort of correlate to the salary structure. So we're going to talk a lot about that. We're going to dive into a whole bunch of NFL topics and get into a little bit of Major League Baseball free agency. But first, Mike, please uh, tease a little bit and tell everybody how they can get involved in the annual Spot Track postseason fantasy football contest yeah happy new year paul thank you uh the the fantasy contest is back it's been our fourth annual this will be our fourth annual version of it um basically it's pick one player from each postseason team 12 of them and uh put together a a roster with a salary cap that's as low as possible obviously that's how the value wins with uh our contests this is so much harder than people it it is hard one player per team and so you, you have to pick a defense you have to pick a kicker things like that um we've we've added a wrinkle this year to uh, to eliminate the you know the one best value roster that everybody seems to find right so we've added a salary floor of fifty uh-huh. of fifty million this year a Bengals rule basically <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so all of you out there looking to just throw in uh, Dak Prescott and Kamara and Tyree Kill <laughs> all the rookies you're trying to get everybody yeah. on rookie contracts you're gonna have to spend work. some money a little bit somewhere so yeah. it's, well uh, it's a lot of fun it really is yeah. a fun way to do it and and I'm telling you it I did it with you last year and it was so hard trying to come up with a legitimate roster that made sense contract wise and clearly uh i didn't do a good enough job because there was no (laughs) mention of my performance thankfully so all right speaking of performances let's dive right into the some nfl stuff and you know the opportunity of the season coming to an end gives you a chance to reflect on salary versus performance and let's start with a quarterback position because this is really interesting and uh, in some ways a little misleading and i'll let you explain why it's misleading but when you first tweeted this out and it's up on the website now that the top six highest paid quarterbacks in the nfl did not make the playoffs is initially a very jolting thing to read right yeah i mean that's the most important position in football it's where all generally teams allocate the most of their money which we've seen in the past couple of off seasons here and look at this begins and ends with Kirk Cousins, right? Right. I mean, that's where this story sort of evolved. It's been coming for the fa- past few weeks where his production has just dipped and dipped in the, in the time they needed him the most in Minnesota. So Minnesota's out. Cousins is home. Um, you know, the, the fully guaranteed contract we've been raving about for a year now is essentially all for naught. Right, the offensive coordinator is gone. I mean, they've done yeah, some damage. Yeah, it got in bad there. It really did get bad. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's 60 million left on that. So that's where Minnesota stands with their, you know, their forward-thinking decision to do a three-year fully guaranteed deal. So they're they're stuck with them. I mean, they're certainly stuck with them. And and that's just one example. We've got Matt Ryan who sits, you know, third in this list right now. Who, by most accounts, people would tell you that, you know, is a guy that that (laughs) most teams would like to have and has been a good player and has led his team to levels of success in the past. But, you know, that you look at what he did this year and you're like, how are they so bad with him at quarterback? They dumped right down. I mean, that's a team that's similar to Minnesota. I mean, that those are two teams who were viable contenders in 2017 who were 
But I mean, Atlanta looked out of it week six. I mean, that's how bad they got after a couple of injuries. So, yeah, it's understandable that you're you're down on a guy like Matt Ryan when you look at the paycheck and, and you see the production that he had. But he had a pretty decent year. He's, I mean, the numbers were there. He just, you know, he didn't have a, a roster around him to, you know, put this thing to the finish line. But I get it. I get it. You're looking at the at Aaron Rodgers, who had a really up and down year in terms of the injury, in terms of losing the coach, uh, just really production over the past four or five weeks as well, just d- dumping to the point where, you know, there's serious talk about him on the decline now. So <laughs> you talk about Which I think a is lot unfair. of money. Left. You know, I, th- I think we, we talk so much about how quarterbacks dominate and dictate most team success. And I think maybe what we've learned this year is that quarterbacks are the guy that takes you from being good to very good. Sure. But by nature, no matter who they are, can't take you from being bad to very good. You know, and maybe that's how we need to change our thinking a little bit, is that you, you have to put a certain amount of talent around any player in the NFL, particularly a good quarterback, for him to get you above and beyond. But, but to ask... To, you know, to put a bunch of undrafted free agents around Aaron Rodgers, for example, as an extreme example, that's asking too much of anybody, I think. I, I agree. And I actually want to flip this conversation on its head now because I think this is less about who didn't make it and more about who did because the converse is actually probably where things are going more so, right? Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Pat, Patrick Mahomes, Nick Foles, of course, Jared Goff, Mitchell Trubisky. These are guys. All of them, by the way, except for Foles on rookie contracts. Let's let's state that as well, too. Right. All of them, eight million or less in terms of their average salary. So look at this is this isn't an accident. It's not. This right. is this is. But none of them are going to be. Uh, they're all going to be in the eight million dollar range at that next step in their career. When they're twenty six or twenty seven, Dak Prescott's going to get a contract this offseason. I think he's twenty six years old. No problem, though, right? The problem is Aaron Rodgers is 35. Right. Okay. And you paid him top echelon NFL money, the, the highest contract in the history of football, coming into his 35th, 35th year. That's, that's dangerous. So, of course, there's going to be speculation about a decline. He's 35. Right. Look at Eli Manning. He dumped off a cliff in two years. Yeah. You know, and Ben Roethlisberger, not the same. But, but then, the, the but same then there, are, there are the other players that we often cite, the Rivers and the Breeze and the Bradys, who continue to do it from 35 on. Yeah. So it, I, 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 don't, I almost feel like I don't want to blame the Packers for doing that um, because history tells you that, again, with the right pieces around them, doesn't, it ages an irrelevant number for some of these guys, I, a quarterback. I guess where I'm going is every other position has been – clamped down at a certain age every other one true okay and i mean to the biggest degree the running back if you're 27 and you're a running back you're in trouble yeah i mean that's where that's gone right so when is that going to happen with the quarterback are you saying i I get it start to happen are you you saying that it needs to start happening at quarterback isn't this exhibit a right is i mean i get it you're you can't even bring brady in this conversation that's just a complete anomaly. Well, all right, <laughs> it, it, and, and I don't disagree with you on there, but let me state this to you. As, as I said to you, the top six quarterbacks in the league pay-wise mm-hmm. didn't make the playoffs, but let's also state that Drew Brees is seventh in pay, Andrew Luck is eighth in pay, Russell Wilson's 11th in pay, mm-hmm. Philip Rivers is 14th in pay, Tom Brady is 21st in pay. I think by anyone's uh, accounting or barometer, if I asked you to name the top 10 quarterbacks in the league and didn't tell you what the parameters would be, 
all of those names are in your and my top 10 in various orders. So, so again, it, it's, it's misleading in the fact that the top six quarterbacks are never going to be the ones that are all in the playoffs because you're going to have quarterbacks outside the top six who are great, who aren't necessarily being paid like that. I think that's making my point. <laughs> I think what I'm saying is, why did Aaron Rodgers need $34 million a year at age 35? That's what I'm saying. Okay. Or why did Green Bay feel they had to do that? You can say he, he's worth that. You can say we owe him everything we've got, but this is a hard cap league. This is one year, though. I, 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 again, I, I know it's one year. It because, is. Because up until this year, Rodgers did exactly what he was needed to do and was earning the money that he was getting by lifting that team up and above. It is one year, but now next year is going to be a new tight end, two new wide receivers, a new coach, new offensive coordinator. But that's I mean, been the case through his career. Sort of. Not right? really. No? McCarthy's been there a long time now. I mean, McCarthy's been there through a lot of this. That's true. Right? New coach, right. New they, coach is the dynamic. They just dumped yeah. his longtime quarterback's coach before last season. So right. It's, this was this was a shakeup, and there's going to be a bigger shakeup before next year. So I don't think it's a slam dunk that Green Bay just returns back to form, especially with Chicago being the monsters they appear to be for the next right. few so years. Right. So your so your overall on this is that teams do need to think a little bit differently yeah. and not just hand the money over to the great quarterbacks. Look, at, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame Minnesota for Kirk Cousins. He's a re- unrestricted free agent. That's that never happens. Right. Right. And the, he was supposedly is, the last piece of their puzzle. Right. But I'll blame Minnesota to jump ahead because because one of your questions is who had a worst year, John Gruden, Kirk Cousins or, or Jacksonville. And I'm going to vote for Kirk Cousins. And it's maybe unfair to vote for him. He's exact. He was this year exactly what he has always been. A guy who has never been able to elevate a mediocre team above and beyond that, who's never responded in big games, never played well in prime time. So did Minnesota make a mistake by doing what they did knowing that? Or were they so desperate that that they thought he was the last piece of the puzzle and everything around him would elevate him. And as it proved to be, in fact, he brought some of those things down a little bit. You took the words out of my mouth. This was, <laughs> look, look at, they, they paid him a premium price because he was an unrestricted free agent. Right. That's what happens, of course, with any position, honestly. Sure, always. So, of course, with the quarterback position. The problem is we never see this. And there's a reason we never see this. <laughs> because if the Washington Redskins let this guy go to unrestricted free agency. There's a big reason for that. And it's, it's exactly what they you're knew. saying. There's they knew a, there's what he a, was. There's a ceiling. It's not like this guy's been in the league for two years. We've seen this. We've seen this in the postseason. We've seen every element of Kirk Cousins leading up to this point. And, you know, it's impossible to ask that just because he's got one or two better wide receivers around him, he's going to be 10 or 15% better than what he's been. It's just, that's just a lot to ask. Right. All right. Before we get back to some more salary analysis, let's finish the question. Who had the worst year? Is that who you voting for? Are you voting for Cousins? Your, our choices were Gruden, Cousins, or the Jaguars? No, I'm voting for John Gruden. And, and I'm voting for John Gruden because I don't blame John Gruden. I don't I, think you can blame I know John Gruden. Well, and I think he knew what it. he was getting into as well. There's a lot of people putting him as the face of this franchise, and they see that big contract he signed and blah, blah, blah. John Gruden is taking the hit for a financial lapse in Oakland. Right. Uh, it, it is the turnover of turnovers happening right now. They're literally leaving town. They are. They tur- don't know where they're going. <laughs> right. They have nowhere to go. They don't know who they're selling tickets to. <laughs> they're I calling mean, it's other a mess. countries at this point. It's a mess. <laughs> Um, but he he is the face of an absolute mess right now, one of which is they can't really afford to do anything. And to, to, 
to we talked about it last week on this podcast to the point of they had to give away a Hall of Fame edge pass rusher. Yeah. Um, and he had nothing to do with it. And he couldn't do a thing about it. Because they just flat out couldn't afford it. And anybody pay. who said he didn't talk to him on the phone, good for you. Because he, he why waste his time? When, when Cleo Max out the door already, you know? He knew. He knew when he took the job that they weren't going to keep. Right. I, my sense is he knew when he took the job they weren't going to be able to keep Khalil Mack. And, and I think John Gruden's a smart guy. He knew exactly what he was getting into. And I think probably to some degree, his beyond his desire to want to get back into coaching, there was a challenge that was being presented to him. Um, which he probably was interested to partake in, which is we need to turn this entire roster over. Uh, we can't afford to keep anybody that we have now. Uh, we're not going to be able to add very much, but can what can you do with this? And I think subsequently the same happened with Amari Cooper, don't you think? I mean, Cooper's worth $14 million sure. this year, and he's probably getting a new deal in Dallas, which is going to cost $17 million a year. So the writing was on the wall with that scenario as well. Financially, they weren't going to be able to pony up for that. Right. So they had to get value, max value when it was there. And, of course, the first-round pick was there. You do it. So, again, he's taken a lot of hits and a lot of flack, especially on social media and on, uh, you know, on the television stations and things like that. But this is a guy who, you know, he accepted a role that he obviously has, has dove, dived all into. I mean, this, yeah. is, this is his mentality and he probably got there and saw the uh, the bank account numbers and said, "Wait a minute, <laughs> you know what am I getting myself into right now?" Because I can't imagine that he didn't know that going into I, it. I would hope. I would hope so. He's a smart enough guy. He's been around the league long enough. I I, I can't imagine. Like I said, I think just I, I think spin let's, it around. Let's, let's stop on this. Do, do you think he takes this job if he knows that Khalil Mack has to go? I do. Oh, because I, I think don't know I, about I don't that. think there's any doubt that he knew that they probably couldn't keep him. Mm-hmm. How, how could he not know that? And like I said, I think to some degree he took this as a challenge. I think everybody beat him up for signing all the veteran guys, the Marshawn Lynches and all these veteran guys that he tried to sign. When you look back on it now, that was actually an attempt to be creative under the restrictions that they were under. Well, I might as well try to bring a bunch of low-cost veterans in to see if those guys can't help get me over the edge because I know I don't, I'm not going to have any other choices in the matter. I, I don't know this, Mike, but I would suggest that John Gruden is smart enough to have known exactly what the Khalil Mack situation was going to um, wind up resulting in before he took the job. Okay. And he took it anyway. Took it anyway. You want to get back in. Um, Still a bad year. <laughs> as you look back on the season, what jumped out at you about paying, uh, you know, particularly offenses and defenses who got paid top spending offenses and defenses versus results? I mean, as usual, it sort of evens out, right? As the year goes on and the injuries take their tolls, you're going to see, you know, generally speaking, the playoff teams that you're going to have the highest paid offenses versus the highest paid defenses. That's just how it works, right? There's a reason that the offenses are paying what they're paying. There's a reason the defensive players are being paid what they're paid. So, you know, the perfect example are the Bears, of course, who had to pay a ton for Mack and already had a strong defense in place. So, you know, they're a historic defense now with Cleo Mack. They're paying a lot of money on that end of the ball. Um, but it has paid off because their offense is relatively cheap across the board outside of a couple of wide receivers now who uh, are going to be on the roster bubble list coming in 2019. But look at the... To me, there's one team that stood out, um, and they just snuck in the very last hour of the season. So it's the Colts. Here's the situation with the Colts going forward, and it's really something to watch. Um, generally speaking, their offense was average in terms of pay. It, it, was a little, it was maybe a little bit above average. Obviously, your Andrew Luck contract is there. T.Y. Hilton's one of the higher-paid wide receivers still in the league, and they had pumped some money into this offensive line as well as high draft picks. 
So, and it worked. It obviously worked. So they're finally three at, number at one place. picks. On, I think they're the only team in the league that had, I, I thought they they ran that stat during the game Sunday night. They're the only team in the league that has three number one picks starting on their offensive line. Wow. Um, which sort of surprises me that they'd be the only one in the league. I think Dallas would be there if not for the injury, right? Yeah, and I know that part of that with the Colts was their center Ryan Kelly, who didn't play. Coming it, back it, though, it, but he's coming back. But he yeah. would be the number one along with Quentin Nelson and Costanzo, Crazy. The, the tackle. I I think my initial reaction was, man, I'm surprised that more teams don't invest in that position it's coming it has to be coming because uh because how many years were the colts beaten up for not giving andrew luck the kind of protection that he deserved that's right well they've done that now and look at the results now because because he's not the same andrew luck that he was pre-injury but his results are equal because you made his life easier with better blocking there's no question i mean it's not like they've got three or four weapons you know, they've got T.Y. Hilton, a couple of solid receivers. And yeah, maybe Marlon two. Mack is a Marlon okay Mack. running back. Up and, and coming. Yeah. You know, Ebron had a good year off the off the trash heap of tight end, but they're not the Rams. No, 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 not in terms of what they're looking at. So offensively, they were just average in terms of their spending, and it's because they they solidified a line for Andrew Luck and said, go out there and make this work, and he did. It's the defense that took everyone by surprise this year. This is the lowest paid defense by a mile. $38 million for the entire defense. That's amazing. Not starting defense. That's amazing. Every defensive player on the active roster. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, so it, it's it's the lowest in the Obviously league. Obviously a lot of rookies and undrafted yeah. guys. They, they, again, similar to their offensive line, they've spent a lot of time on this. And they and to be frank, two years ago, they were, they were throwing free agent money at this just like baloney at the wall. I mean, they were trying to do everything possible to make this work on the defensive side of the ball, and it wasn't working. And it, it was a terrible process. They were throwing way too much money at guys who were being cast off of other teams. And, you know, that, that only works in very specific situations, one of which was not the Colts. So they've, they've spent some time, some effort, some logic into doing this in the trenches and now in the secondary, and it has paid off. That defense is stout. Here's the kicker. <laughs> Regardless of what happens over the next few weeks with the Colts, and I don't expect them to go too far, but who knows? They have $122 million in cap space next year than most in the league right now. They have house money. They are the San Francisco 49ers and the Cleveland Browns of this year. Have and you, they have their quarterback. That's have, the crazy thing about it. They're already T. paying their quarterback. And Mac is on the rookie So deal. here's the question yeah. now, because we've talked, there's a lot of teams, the Jets, the Bills, all have 80-plus million in cap space. I think anybody, any of us that have followed the league long <laughs> yeah. enough to know that may be the worst thing to happen. <laughs> it's like literally handing someone a, a, a blank, a credit card saying, go go on a wild shopping spree. Wild shopping sprees never seem to work in the NFL. Um, so, And your numbers are backing that up. So is it the most dangerous thing possible now that the Colts Jets Bills and all these other teams have is is there are there legitimate players to spend any of that money on it's dangerous for the Colts because I'm not sure the Colts have a good handle on exactly what they need because really they've sort of hit lightning in a bottle with a lot of these positions right now and I don't I I think just from a chemistry standpoint you know don't change what isn't broken right I expect, of course, that they'll make a few splashes, maybe with an offensive weapon, things like that. Look, at Le'Veon Bell is going to be a top. That's going to be a top destination for him. It's the name you kind him. of feel like you keep hearing but there. But that's dangerous. Yeah. That is a... At his age? That is a... That's a well, not even that. Just you've clearly got a chemistry happening right now between Luck and Marlon Mack and a few of these players. If you throw an ego guy like that in there, who knows? I mean, really? Who yeah, knows? I, I, this this will be a, a, f- a further discussion for us on the Spot Track podcast about, and I think we want to really get into this because I think fans are locked in on, oh my God, they have all this money to spend, but who who are you going to spend it on? 
Like who's, you know, and, and I don't want to get well, into it too deep now, but not only is it who are you going to spend it on, but like I said, history tells you that that spending wildly in free agency has almost no effect whatsoever on your ability to win. I, I love this conversation, and I want to have it every week because I, until March 13th, the free agency season opens, this is the way I'll be thinking. Um, we Look, at even with the Browns, the Browns didn't make a ton of signings. You know, of course, of course, San Francisco did. They made a ton, a ton of big overpaid signings. They gave Garoppolo a ridiculous, you know, front-loaded deal. I expect that to happen in Indy with a couple of their players, um, with the similar to the Jets, similar to the Bills. I think they're going to take care of a bunch of their players and get rid of a bunch of the cap space that way. Smart. I expect this to be trade heaven. I think that's yeah. gonna, that's where we're going here. Yeah. I think there are teams trading for other teams, guys that are overpriced and underperforming relative to their money. Even if they're but not, you're under, not so worried about it if you have 122 million. Even if they're space. not underperforming, if they're a team related that's, to the money, well, it's it's more about the cycle, right? Like the, the the New York Giants, where are they in their cycle right now, right? If Eli's got to go, is that a rebuilding team? Even if you've got Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, I mean, you've got to understand sort of where you sit. So if you're if you're not all in then Beckham can't stay, right? And he's not going to stay. He's, he's going to be on the horn every day at the media saying, I want out of here. Um, that's a guy who can help a team, you know, instantly. A.J. Green in Cincinnati, right? That, that's clearly a team that's, yep. that's on the trend down right I think right that's now. a really interesting name to watch. Yeah, I, among others. Yeah. So I, I, I think I just teams think that are looking for wide receivers are probably starting there. But let's get even, let's get even, even crazier. Jacksonville's on the way down. How about the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, who just snuck into the playoffs? They've got negative $13 million in cap space right now, all right? And that's with Foles. So, and who knows what's going to happen with the quarterback position there. So there's this, there's a, there are good teams. There are okay teams. There are great teams out there that need to, to dump cap. And instead of releasing guys like we see every year, I expect teams to get smarter. And I expect these teams with $80 million plus in cap space to say, we can throw, you know, so-and-so and this pick coming up in May – and we'll take that $15 million of cap off your, <laughs> off your yeah. shoulders, you know? So I, I really hope that we see a enlightened ca- trade, uh, trade. The problem and the challenge in all of this is it, it's hard to figure yeah. out who's going to be who year to year. I mean, look at the turnover in playoff teams, as it is every year, was pretty dramatic again. So, you know, uh, a year ago we would have talked about Jacksonville being a team that was building to be great, yeah. and now they're on your were they the biggest bus list. So, so why can't the Giants go from who they were to being a, a playoff team? Why can't some of these teams that struggle this year? So, boy, the, the hard part for a front office is determining whether you think you are one of them or not. Um, before we get to you, you brought up uh, <laughs> Odell Beckham. You mentioned the word egos, and I want to get to that because that takes us into our roster bubble question. But one more quarterback item before we move on. You mentioned Nick Foles. Interestingly enough, he came three snaps away from reaching his 33% of the snaps uh, million dollar bonus. Right. And that's intriguing in the fact that can the Eagles, by being good guys, just give them the bonus or not? The, the way the contract is structured is there were an absolute boatload of incentives built into this thing, and, and he did well with a few of them, um, and he missed on a lot of them, obviously, just because Wentz was healthy for a bunch of the season. But it, it, based on the terms that I read, the, I, it would be too difficult. to They'd have to rip this contract up and basically start over with a, 
with a bonus in order to do this. So, so from you, what so I read, by rule, you can't because if you did that, you're sort of circumventing the cap, right? You to, can't just Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, just can't say, "Oh, Nick, we love you. You won us a Super Bowl. Here's your bonus." Well, here's the thing: he had four million in likely likely to be earned incentives, and he only earned two two five. He only actually earned two two five. So there's a there's a there's wiggle room there that wouldn't circumvent the cap. So in, in that regard, there is a chance that the Eagles can come out and say, well, we're going to bring him up to the $4 million that, that was already on our cap. And then we, you know, so there's some wiggle room there. Here's the thing. And this is really, this is great because it makes it for even more interesting watching. He's got playoff bonuses that are just ridiculous. I mean, they're just crazy. Every time this guy walks into a playoff game, he's making 500 grand. If he wins it, he's making another 500 grand. If Whether he, he plays or not, or only if he starts. If he, if he plays 33% of the snaps in any playoff game, 500 grand. If he wins it, 500 more. If he, play, if he has a 62.5% completion percentage in those 33% snaps, it's 250 more. It's just he can pile on the bonuses over the next few weeks if the, if the Eagles actually make another run here. So he's going to get paid. He already made 11.5, which, you know, for a guy who didn't know if he was going to see the, uh, the, the field at all this year, that's pretty darn good. All right, to the ego portion of our uh, discussion here today as we've sort of analyzed the end of the NFL season. Lots of names on the bubble. You already mentioned a couple of them. Lots of controversial uh, situations have arisen with the Antonio Brown, and particularly mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. I know there's been a lot of chatter about Odell Beckham. I, I did see as we record this that Dave Gettleman, the GM, said, we just signed him. Why would we trade him? But there's a lot of people and speculation that think that Beckham could be traded. So let's talk a little bit about some of the most intriguing rosters and bubbles and players. It's a big list. I generally don't go this big this early in the year. I mean, the, the 2018 season hasn't even finished yet. So our initial list has like 85 players on it, which is crazy. That and are like under contract that you think are under likely contract, to be yep. not under contract. Traded or, or released in the, in the coming months based on you know, their production or their cap figure, things like that. So, or their temper tantrums. <laughs> um, plenty of quarterbacks. I, I don't know how you, how you start this article and, and don't stop at the quarterback section. There's just so many... Um, and so many who can help other teams. I mean, Joe Flacco is going to be starting somewhere next year, right? Yeah, sure. You have to imagine if Andy Dalton is released, Andy yep. Dalton's going to find work next year. Um, I don't. I think Derek Carr seems safe, even though you know we've aforementionedly talked about the financial woes in Oakland. I'm not sure about Ben Roethlisberger. Are we going to start hearing retirement from him again? I mean, he had a rough, a rough finish here. Not to mention the uh, the locker. He's room been drama. talking about it for a couple of years. He, he definitely looked as if uh, Old Man Winter was setting in there. So I'm not sure on him. He's on the list just because of that. I wouldn't imagine that Pittsburgh would move on. They don't have really anybody in place to replace him yet, nor do the Giants have anyone to replace Eli Manning, but I cannot imagine. Why do I feel like Joe Flacco as the quarterback in New York is, is something that New seems York to make Jackson, sense though, right? to me? Yeah. One, of the, one of those two places has to have Joe Flacco's name on it. Um, does Blake Bortles get a job next year? Boy, I think that's going to be a struggle. Is he a backup? Uh, he's a backup somewhere because someone will want him as a backup because he's played and he has experience. Uh, and be, and good luck with that because if you sign him as a backup, he's going to start for you at some point in the year. Um, but I can't see anybody turning their starting job to Blake Bortles right now. What about Tannehill? Does Tannehill have a job next year? I think the Gase firing in Miami has ended the run of Ryan Tannehill. Down Forever? There. 
Oh, just in there. Miami. Just there. In Miami. Um, now, again, you know, I've learned long time covering the NFL that one man's trash is another man's treasure. It's all about who do you have and who can you get. And there are some teams in the league that will view Ryan Tannehill as an upgrade over what mm-hmm. they have now, as much as we would say, why would you want that guy? He stinks. He's never done. Well, he's been a middle of the road to slightly a blow middle of the road NFL quarterback. He's won some games, never enough. But if you're in a desperate quarterback straight, he may look like the prize jewel to you. I agree. I like a lot, a lot about him. Um, the injuries worry me a lot. I'm not sure he, he's just, I'm not sure he's the same guy since he's been back from those two It seems injuries. to me Miami, by firing Gase, basically is pulling the Band-Aid off and saying, we need to start over here. This, the, this run of mediocrity isn't good enough anymore. And, and Ryan Tannehill is the face of that, isn't he? Let, let me just get this in because it's been bothering me for 12 months now. They restructured $16 million of Ryan Tannehill's salary last year. Why? Which turns into dead cap. Why? It, it's just ridiculous. They, they brought him down to a minimum salary for 2018 because of this. So is it's going to cost. Because he had a coach that believed in him that's now no longer their coach? See, this is where teams get in trouble. That, that's, that's where I'm going with this. The yeah. Dolphins, obvi- here's the thing. They were cutting and trading everybody else. Everybody else. Right? This was the end of Indomitian Sue. Landry. All of them. Yep. Right? They tried trading Devontae Parker. They're going to release him now eventually in the next couple months. That they were trying to rip it all off, and then they did this, as if to say, we have full confidence in you, and you're going to be here for the next five years. Well, he's not. <laughs> See, they're one, of those, they're one of those franchises that still lives in the past a little bit yeah. in, in that they refuse to rip it up. You know, and, and we've already seen that that never really works in the NFL. You've got to rip it up. You've got to rip up your contracts, your cap. You've got to let your fans understand that, you know, I, I, you know I'm hesitant to use the word tanking, but let's be honest that, that you've got to be bad to be good. And the Dolphins have always been that sort of meandering in that six, seven, eight, nine win range um, because maybe they feel like the, the ghost of Don Shula. God love Don Shula. He's not dead yet, so I don't mean to imply that. Um, but, <laughs> Breaking but, news. But, but uh, yeah, but you know what I mean, right? I mean, there's a there's a perception in Florida that they're still living in the Larry Zonka, you know, uh, Dan Marino, Don Shula days, and they're not, and they haven't for a long time. And and somebody down there has to realize that you can't keep kind of patching the hole in the wall. There, you got to rip the wall down. This is what concerns me about the New York Giants. I, I realize that that's a market that can't handle a rebuild. I right. get it, right? And the Jets do it every five years. Oh, it so. can handle it. It's just that the back pages won't allow you to handle it. Exactly. Which is ridiculous I don't know. and idiotic I don't know that what you would do. take your, your, your decisions from there. But. Right. but what do you do? You've already essentially ripped off the defense. Right. I mean, you, you traded and released almost everyone notable on that defense, and, and there's going to be more to come. Vernon is probably the He's next gone. guy to go, right? I'm not sure they can get Collins done at the price that he wants. Right. So... If, if the defense is completely stripped down and you're left with Eli and Barkley and Beckham, what are you doing? And a really high-paid left tackle who did nothing for you. Yeah, Eli's going to be really interesting to watch because I don't think anybody would, ar- would argue with you that his performance has continued to f- tail off on a year-to-year mm-hmm. basis. But once again, what, so you cut him, what are, what's your other option? Is Joe Flacco that much of a step up from Eli Manning? That's that's where the Giants are going to have to make some very hard decisions. And you do still have Beckham and Barkley there. So it's not like you have no weapons whatsoever. But is it it reckless? 
Is it rec- I guess that's where I'm going. Was it reckless to sign Saquon Barkley? Was it or draft him? Was it reckless to extend? It's never reckless Beckham? to bring good players in. No, but but in this cycle, you you had to see this but, Eli but thing to coming. But to, to our point is, it's so hard to identify the cycle. Yeah, but that's now. reckless. That's reckless. That's because, a lack because of... if Joe Flacco comes in and plays like the Joe Flacco five years ago, they're a ten-win team in a mediocre NFC East, and they're in the playoffs next year. That's not inconceivable. It's not inconceivable for any team in the NFL anymore to say you can go from four wins to ten wins, or you can mm. go from from mediocrity to, to bad to being in the playoff hunt. That's that's where I don't envy NFL decision makers. Where the hardest decision they have to make is who are we. And what are we? And they may look at a roster and go, we don't have any good players. But like I said, the the the, the A and NFC East was a, a pit of mediocrity all year long, basically. So why can't you be the best of the mediocre teams and win the division? That's kind of what the Cowboys and were this year, yeah, right? Two of them are in the playoffs right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's I, you ridiculous. Know, that's the hardest. That's when you're sitting and figuring out what do I do with my roster? Am I ripping it down? Am I trading guys? The hardest decision is who who are you and what do you think you're going to be? There's no question, and it's a big decision for them this year. And I'm not sure that I'm, – I, I'm, I wonder if the money to Beckham and the money to Barkley – and it's – look, at the, the money to Barkley is significant even though he's on the rookie contract. I'm wondering if that money is going to drive the decision, right? It's the reverse way to, to do it, but I'm wondering if that – if we've already got these guys, there's no getting out of it, right? If, if, if is Gettle, there no if getting Gettle out of Beckham? If, no, if they really wanted to trade could, Beckham, what, what, what's the consequences? They could absolutely trade Beckham if they needed to. It'd be a, if they did it after June 1st, it's only a $4 million hit this year, and then 12 in 2020. So okay. it, it saves from the cap. I mean, his cap number is like $22 million, $21 million So it actually, there, there actually would oh, it, significant it, be some savings. benefits to You'd it. You'd be yeah. able to sign a quarterback or draft a high quarterback with his cap savings alone. So the, if they want to go that route and just keep you know Barkley on the rookie deal and say, we're going to Get, get ourselves a young, cheap quarterback out of the draft or even out of the, you know, via free agency. They could do it. But I wonder if, you know, Gettleman sits there and looks at his cap table and says, well, we've already got these two guys for $30 million over the next, you know, three, four years and says we, we just have to keep the, the gas pedal down. And I'm not going to fault him, but I think based on everything else we've seen, it's reckless. It's reckless to right. do that. Right. All right. The other the other problem child is Antonio Brown. Sure. And, uh, you know, again, the reports of this incredible temper tantrum and throwing the ball at Roethlisberger and pouting and leaving practice and leaving the game at halftime. This is continuing a trend of Antonio Brown. So if the Steelers have said to themselves, we cannot deal with this guy anymore. What's the financial ramifications of getting rid of him? It's ugly. I mean, he's got a $22 million cap figure himself. So this would have to be done after June 1st, although there's a roster bonus due in the middle of March um, that they'd have to pay to, to allow this trade to happen. So ugly that a trade's not, not likely? I mean, let's be no, honest. I we talk a lot about how decisions on personnel are dictated by the financial parameters, whether you want to get rid of a guy or not. If it doesn't make sense money-wise to do it, you, you can't and you don't. Is that where you're at here with this? I'm going to say yes, and here's why. While it, while it would only be nine and a half dead cap this year, which would be significant savings, it's fourteen million in twenty twenty. That's a lot of money for a guy not playing on your team for two years. Um, and Pittsburgh's going to have to rip this thing down soon, right? If not this year, it's going to have to happen. I mean, Ben's replacement isn't there but yet. They've never. They're the one franchise that's never had to do that. But here's the other element to it, right? If Mike Tomlin survives this off season, and I think he will, he's going to be squarely on the hot seat. And you know what happens when coaches and GMs are on the hot seat. 
There's no logic involved. No, nope, they, 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 they have to win the Super Bowl this year, yep. and we need the best players yep. possible. And I don't care about 2022 and 23. So if that's the case, Brown's going nowhere. Ben's going nowhere. There's there might even be a new new contract for Antonio Brown by the end of the offseason, knowing how this thing operates, right? So um, the my inkling would say this is not likely, and it's because of the money, and it's also because of the situation that the Steelers are in, whereas they sort of see the end of the window right now, and if they don't think they're there yet, then they're going to be all in for 2019. Final exclamation point on Le'Veon Bell as it relates to the Steelers. Was it a mistake in not signing him based on the results of the season, or? It was a mistake for Bell not to accept the franchise. Thing. Okay. And that's, I'll always feel that way. I understand guys holding out. Um, I'm fine with guys holding out through training. I'm fine with guys taking a couple of regular season games off to make a point. Um, but at the end of the day, you are in a position that doesn't get paid anymore. Yeah. And if somebody wants to hand you $14.5 million to play that position for a year, you do it. Yeah. Because that's just silly in this day. Right. Okay, final uh, football note before we move on to some baseball talk. Uh, poor Tom Brady hit zero <laughs> incentives this year. Oh, I did. So I crafted a tweet about this, and I did not mean for it to come across <laughs> arrogant, even though I sit here in Buffalo, you know, with the Buffalo Bills right down the road. I, I, I did not mean this to come off as poor Tom Brady losing $5 million. This is really unique. Like, I, I want to make sure that this is, this is clear. $5 million in attainable incentives, incentives which is what these were, is very unique for a player who's, you know, 40, 40 some years old, who's, you know, at some point it's going to fall off. And I'm not, I'm not here to say that he fell off. He, he did not have a good roster around him this year. Is no. that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's, I, I, I mean, but, at, but it's, it's hard to say because there are times when he's never had a great roster around him that, that he's always been able to make you never feel like he didn't have a good roster. Let's just go down. Let's, let's look down the list here. Edelman misses four games. Yeah. I think the, 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 the Gronk is Gronk, the obvious right. reason. Gronk, Gronk retired a, in 2017. Gronk was a shell of <laughs> right. himself and not a factor in the offense. And that, I think, to but, most of us was the number one reason why they didn't feel like the Patriots. Let's keep going. Did Chris Hogan even dress this year? Yeah, it didn't make much of an impact. And, nope. then, and then obviously you get to Josh Gordon. Yep. Which I, there, he I made, think... He made some impact I, in the short time that I he was there. I think there was a chance he was going to be a legitimate star. Yeah, coming into this postseason, he he was starting to click, and then obviously the the lights turned off. But that's those are four pretty pretty tough situations to deal with if you're Tom Brady, even in a situation like his where he can make anything work. Look, he was still like seventh in passing yards. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I mean, the number two seed in the AFC. Yeah. Yeah. They uh they made it they made it work to to what they needed to from a team standpoint. Here's the deal: there were five passing categories. He needed to be top five in any of them, and he got a million dollars for each. Right, they were all likely to be earned because he was top five in all of them last year. He didn't get which is how that works, by the way. If you if you make an ascent of the year before, it goes under the likely to be earned category for the following, and it hits the cap, Uh, right? And it it counts against the cap. So any of these incentives that Foles would have hit this year, for instance, they would become likely to be earned next year if the incentives existed next year as well. So, yeah, so they were on the cap as five million dollars, and the Patriots will get credited for that next year. But in terms of cash, he earned zero dollars of that cash. So his, so he didn't finish in the top five in any of those categories. None of them. Close, close in passing yards. Really not close in any any of the others, which were completion percentage and touchdowns and things like that. But it drops his compensation back down to fifteen million, which is also what he's set to make next year. Which is, look, it's it's middle. It's like twentieth. It's going to be like twentieth again. So Crazy. you know you can say what you want about that and talk about how much his wife makes and everything else that you hear all these you know every day now, but. 
this is where I'm going. This is this is the point I'm going to be making with the Aaron Rodgers yeah, and those guys. It should be more the model of what it, quarterbacks I think it has made. to be. Yeah. I just think it has to be. If, if you're good, make your money on your second contract. Make your money like Dak Prescott's about to make, like Goff and Wentz and, and, and Mahomes will make in the, in the next two to three years, like, like Russell Wilson will make here at age 30. But when you're 35, you're, you're hamstringing your team by doing what Aaron Rodgers just did. And... and no one's going to argue that he was worth that. No, no one's going to argue that he needs to be at top of all the lists. But he didn't have to. Ha- he didn't have to do this. And Green Bay, Green Bay didn't have to make that signing. So I'm going to look more at Tom Brady. Maybe not to this degree. I mean, he is. He is ha- more than half of Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers' compensation right now, which is crazy. All right. So maybe it doesn't have to be to this degree. But uh, th- those are going to be the uh, extremes for me, right? Your Tom Brady is going to be your your team discount, and then your Aaron Rodgers is going to be your team detriment. And I think that's the, something to watch as these young quarterbacks start to sign over the next few years. All right, wild card playoffs this weekend, and there'll be more, obviously, with all the coaching changes. There's going to be a lot more shuffling, and I'm sure there's going to be a, a, a lot more player movement or at least speculation. And we've got a, a good part of the offseason to get into those roster bubble questions that Mike brought up, and I think you're right. I think there's going to be more bigger names moving than any time in the past. Um because that's the smart way to play it now. Uh, all right, let's shift gears and talk about another sport. Again, it's been a mostly quiet baseball free agency period, but as we turn the calendar and training camps are roughly a month or so away from opening up, you start to see some things happening. What's uh, what's going on on the baseball front? It's a lot of hot stove still. You know, it's a, this is similar to what we had last year where nothing really happened until February. I don't expect that to be the case this year. I think in the next few weeks it'll ramp up. Um, and there's been some nice signings, but man, have they been intelligent. <laughs> I mean, boy, this, this sport has come a long way. I mean, this time three years ago, we'd have, you know, well over a billion dollar and a billion in contracts. We're at 724 right now, 724 million in total contracts. There's only one contract north of four, four years. There's only one contract north of $100 million. Um, it's just, it's been tempered. It's been logical. Look at the Yankees just signed a minimum contract with Tro- Tro- Troy Tulowitzki to play The Yankees stop. logical and free it's, agency. How about I actually, that? I actually just had this conversation today with my cousin who was a big baseball guy and, and he's a, he's an Indians guy. So to see the Yankees be smart and tempered is just killing him, but they, they are, they're, they're, they're a good solid business right now. And they're the model sort of for how this whole thing has to work, because if the Yankees are doing that, then well, shouldn't everybody else be doing that? Uh, anything on the Machado or Bryce Harper fronts? Those are still I, the big jewels that ha- kind of have yet to fall. I, I just wonder if – I'm not positive that this Tulowitzki signing takes the Machado situation away from New York, um, but it certainly – it hurts it. I think it hurts it. Um, Machado was met with the Yankees. I haven't heard anything about negotiations or things like that. Um, generally, we do, especially with those big names. There are guys sort of attached to the hip to, to get that information out there. I'm not sure the Yankees have even offered him a contract. So if it hasn't got to that point yet, and they've now made this signing for a, you know, a temporary fill-in for Didi Gregorius, I, I would lean towards Machado is probably going to be elsewhere. There is just a team that has just been driving me crazy because they've been so quiet. And I've said it now a few times, but at some Cubs? point in time, the Chicago Cubs yeah, are going to make I'll noise. Just take a guess Th- there. Theo Epstein does not just sit home all right. winter and do nothing. So... I have to imagine that with both of these players, look at they've got an embattled shortstop situation too, in, in Addison Russell, who's, you know, had the domestic violence charge over the over the summer here. So uh, there's there's money to be spent in Chicago, whether that's the White Sox or the Cubs. The Cardinals are very much involved with this. 
I have now heard, and I was I expected this to happen, that the the Nationals have ramped things back up with Harper to get him back in town. Um, and then the Phillies, of course, are still going to be the favorites for both of these players, in my opinion. Um, but I would put the Cubs at a 1B right now in terms of uh, is are, are some of these teams sitting back and, and not only waiting for some things to fall, but almost sort of creating a little urgency on the player part? Yeah, of course. Right. The closer you get to spring training and the closer you get to having to Brings move the price down, having, having to move my family and, you know, things like that. Yeah, that. Yeah, I, I see. I don't know about the price. I think the price is going to remain high to the point where eventually if the Cardinals and the Cubs and the Phillies are all involved on Bryce Harper, right, and it's February 5th, uh, you're talking bidding more at that point. I mean, it's going to ramp back up to where the numbers could get gaudy again. But I, I, just, I just think nobody has come forward and said we're giving this guy $40 million a year. I, I, I'd, be, I'd be shocked if that actually happens now. I think, I think the price has been tempered back down to where it belongs, around $35 million, um, and maybe even lower if we're talking about a, a shorter deal. But... I'm I'm very happy. I'm not happy that there's still guys out there looking for work. I, I you know I, I wish baseball would get, kick things into gear a little bit quicker here. Um, I thought last year was a little bit crazy in terms of guys having to miss spring training and stuff because they weren't under contract. But um, boy, I'm happy to see some sense and some logic with these contracts because player movement is good for the game. It's just good to have you know the ability for big players to move around if they need to. We don't want guys stuck on bad teams. We don't want the pool situation, right. you know, where he's right. on a, an Angels team that can't push it forward anymore. So I, uh, I'm happy to see the shorter deals. You know, I think the money will still be there even if they're on shorter deals and there's opt-outs involved and things like that. But uh, some good sense with baseball for sure. You've used the word sense and logic normally Too when much. it comes to pro sports <laughs> and free agency and just in general, the Spot Track podcast, not normally words that we it's often use. It's the holiday use. season. I'm it's the holiday mood. season, but it's a, it's it's the trend that that's starting to change is that teams are starting to be more sensible and logical and not just throwing money around. And I think that, that goes across all sports right now. So, uh, you know, and again, that's what's interesting to find out about how that's going to change perceptions and change how thing business gets done and and if teams start to get more sensible and logical the 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 players i think are losers in this aren't they they are and they aren't because what's going to happen is you're going to see the kirk cousins effect right you're going to see the shorter contract for more money initially i mean baseball is obviously the guaranteed money so it's not it's not about that in, in baseball but like i said if bryce harper's not getting 40 year 40 million a year at eight years he might be able to get it at four Right, I mean, there might, be, get there another, might be a Cubs and get team another big deal four years from because now. similar to what we talked about with the NFL, there's these windows in baseball. Like the Houston Astros are in their window. The Phillies are appearing to be in their window. The Braves are certainly in their window right now. And if you you can fit a superstar into that window, right? If you can fit four years of Bryce Harper and you got to pay him a ton of money to get him there, I think both both sides win. So I, I don't think the money has to be, you know, a decreased just because the contract terms are. I think those those can play together. So that we, you know the team can win in a certain frame time, frame of time, and the player gets a ton of money to be there. <laughs> All right, but stuff to watch uh, as we move forward. Again, we'll have a lot of NFL off-season talk, and uh, you know, as we move forward here, it's in, at sometimes at some points the NFL off-season is more fun than the regular season last, is in the playoffs. Last question for you here, as we as we finish yes. up. Yes, did Kirk Cousins did did Kirk Cousins twenty eighteen make teams pause here because there's legitimate there's going to be legitimate quarterbacks available right Andy Dalton Ryan Tannehill Joe Flacco Teddy Bridgewater 
That's just maybe I want to say yes, but then I, as I said to you before, it's all about what do you have and what and what can you get, you know? And 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 to some, uh, go around the cousins, league real quick in your head. Who needs an upgrade to that degree to to what it would cost to bring in Joe Flacco? Right? Is Flacco fifteen million? No, sure? not anymore. You don't not think? A, no. Well, Case Keenum, uh, he's, <laughs> he's short term deal at that kind of. Yeah. Well, again, look at Case Keenum's another guy that he's got a bubble. lot of money thrown at him for who basically went back to being exactly who yep. he was, which was not the player that he was last year. And and uh, I think those are the kind of mistakes that teams will be a little more hesitant to make. But if you have no quarterback and you and you're freaking out about it and the best guys available are Joe Flacco and Ryan Tannehill because you put yourself in a position where those are the only options you have then all of a sudden they start to look a lot better I, I just I, I'm, I'm living inside of this world and I can only find one team who desperately needs a quarterback and it's Jacksonville going into this offseason I mean Cincinnati doesn't Cincinnati have a rookie not or situation set up right right I mean I, I don't expect Cincinnati to replace Dalton with another veteran you just keep Dalton at that case. I mean, right. they very well might just keep Dalton and draft somebody and go from there. Particularly if they promote from within for the head coaching position, yeah, which Hugh is Jackson. a very Bengals oh thing goodness. to do. Um, and, and, and I, you know, I think Andy Dalton's a pretty good quarterback. Me too. And, and I think you could do a lot worse too. than Andy Dalton. Uh, if you you know, uh, if you really, if you really wanted to. So, I feel like I want to say lessons are learned, but I think we could go back through professional sports, particularly the NFL, to 10 years ago when we said lessons would be learned and they weren't learned. I, I just think the last three drafts have provided starting quarterbacks for right. half the and league. And teams have been so much more focused on <laughs> drafting quarterbacks as, as sort of the model for how to build. Also, it's working. Think about this. True. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, yep. uh, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, there's probably more, Sure, are all in the playoffs right now. Yeah. You know, so why would you go spend a, a ridiculous amount of money for a guy who you sort of know who he is instead of drafting a guy who might be great? I think it's going to be very interesting to see in a year from now if Tannehill and Dalton and Flacco, Flacco. and even Bridgewater started any games in 2019. Or are they just I veteran Bri back? Bridgewater, I think, will. I think he's the he might be the number one quarterback on the market going in. You've got to find me a spot. <laughs> well, <laughs> e either it's a spot where there isn't anybody now or it's a spot where somebody goes, that's better than what we have now. Okay, so to me, if we're talking about... I mean, Washington, the Redskins yes, are, yes. are going to be a desperate quarterback team. 100%. I, I think Washington or the New York Giants, or the if Giants. they decide they're you don't not going to... couldn't see Teddy Bridgewater being the Giants' starting quarterback? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, think, I think Bridgewater is the right fit for those two teams because he's not going to break the bank. Right? He's not. He's just not. No. Whereas I think Flacco's going to demand some money if he's going to start for you. Boy, I, I just, I don't know that Joe can demand it, whether he's going to get it or not. You I, know, he's on the downside of his career. I think everybody knows that. And, and even when he was on the upside of his career, he was never a guy who, who could kind of carry your team. You know, he was always very good with a great defense and running game around him. We need to have... We need some visuals here. We need to do a, a visual Hard podcast. To do on a podcast. No, no, we'll do it. Well, we'll do a, a video, video podcast, podcast yeah. in the next couple of weeks, and we're going to do quarterback roulette. And we're going we're gonna to actually look okay. at these teams. I love it. Because I'm telling you, 90% of these teams have something in place already. And what's going to happen to these five or six guys who get thrown by the wayside here in the next couple of weeks? Uh, I, there's just a very good chance that they're, they're done. They're going to sign short yeah. deals for eight to ten million dollars because of who they are 
and take their chance that the guy ahead of them who's a rookie falters or struggles and then they're there to to put the cape on and fly right in and take over that's that's where i think some of the movement may have to come where those guys say i'm going to sign uh, in Arizona, because I don't think Josh Rosen's going to get better. And somewhere along the line, they may say we need better quarterback play, regardless of the fact that we have an investment in a rookie. Yeah, but you the know, Sam Bradford uh, days are done, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I They're think done. So. I, who knows? Because that's what we're getting to here. Yeah, no, you're right. There, there is a lot of comparisons, isn't there? Um, I, I, I'm hesitant to want to say they're done because there's going to be teams that are going to go, oh, my God, we don't, we don't know what we have here. We better protect ourselves. And that means Joe Flacco or Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is the perfect example of that. Better than Flacco because Flacco's at least won in his career. Tannehill's never won in his career. Yeah. Someone is going to go, and, and then there's always the NFL attitude, well, we'll fix him. We see that around the NFL all the time. Well, they they didn't know what they were doing in Miami. We'll we'll fix him here. You know, we we know what to do with him. You see that with guys that get drafted that weren't great college players or in bad system. The NFL always will convince itself that they know better and how to make a player reach his le- level. I, I agree with you here. Just the parting shots. I'm, I mean, no, there's no better example of needing two viable quarterbacks. And paying two viable quarterbacks than the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Over the past 24 months. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're getting there, right? We're getting to a point where you pay legitimate money to a backup quarterback. And it, this seems like the perfect year to start doing it. Couldn't that. you see the Rams being <laughs> significantly in the market to sign one it, of those guys you, to protect themselves? If you think about it from that standpoint, right? If you think about it from we're going to have the best backup quarterback in football and we're going to pay him $10 million, there are a ton of teams now, particularly ones the that have Chargers, quarterbacks, the Panthers, yeah. the Colts, right? I mean, we're talking about a ton of teams who yeah. definitely could use some coverage. The Seahawks, the Packers, right? <laughs> right. Um, so maybe it, that's where the growth market is. That's going what to be I'm saying. Backup are, quarterback. Is this going to be the year of the of the high paid backup quarterback? I because think you're right. Yes. I can't find a starting spot for 99 percent of these guys. So if there's no starting spots, those guys are going to have to realize I'm not going in there as the starter. So put me in a position, yeah. like I said, either a position where I don't think the starter's good enough to hold the job, or just put me on a good team where I can soak up being on a good team, and then position myself for the following it's year. It's going to cost money because you just had a year where Foles made 11-5, Josh McCown made 10, right? Stanton and and uh, and the, the Bears Tyrod. backup, Chase Daniels. Oh, right. These right. guys are making you know tens, tens of millions to be backup quarterbacks. So it's if you've got guys like Flacco and Tannehill and Dalton being asked to be a, a high-paid backup, it's going to be a significant hey, amount of money. Look, look what you just you rattled off the Eagles and the Bears, two teams that wouldn't be in the playoffs if their backup quarterbacks hadn't at least been competent yep. when game, they needed to game be. Game managers. Yep. At least came in and at least helped your team – you know, the always the old adage of backup quarterbacks is come in and be 500. Just mm-hmm. don't go 0 and 3, be 2 and 1 for me or 1 and 2 at the least. And that's what you saw with Chase Daniel and with Foles and those guys. And I, I think you're right. I think that's, you know, all of a sudden we're becoming oversaturated because so many teams have invested high draft picks in quarterbacks that that while there may not be any more great quarterbacks than there were, there are a lot more candidates for it so yeah at some point when everybody keeps drafting quarterbacks you're gonna go where are the where are the openings where are the holes which makes the vike what the vikings did look even worse (laughs) right Uh, the vikings might have gotten relatively the same performance out of a younger well denver denver too 
or kept Keenum and gotten basically the same performance. Denver's the same thing. And yeah. and again, to, to back to spin this all the way back around, that that may cause a lot of teams to shy away from doing a Cousins kind of a deal with somebody. I agree. So, all right. Plenty more to talk about. Again, give a little plug for the for the uh, playoff football contest. Yeah, visit uh, spotrate.com slash fantasy. We've got our free contest active right now. We'll keep that active right up until game time on Saturday. Pick one player from every postseason NFL team. Uh, there's, I believe, six different positions to pick from there. So, yeah, it'll be a bit of a challenge. Lock your teams in. It's free. And uh, we're giving away $250 in cash. All right. And make sure you join us next week when we'll have more to talk about as it relates to the financial world of sports right here on the SpotTrack.com podcast. <laughs>